Loving God, we pause for just a moment and ask you to reveal to us your message this day. We've heard this scripture, it's so familiar. Lord, would you open our ears in a new way so that we might truly understand this passage. And we will be grateful. Amen. I want to give a warm welcome to those who are participating in worship with us online, also those in the community center. Well, exactly seven years ago today, I stood right here and I preached a sermon titled, Remember the Sabbath. <laughs> I reread it. You know, it was pretty good. I found that it's still applicable, which means I'm hoping you followed what I said and not exactly what I've done in the intervening seven years as far as keeping the Sabbath. You know, I've lost count of how many times in my long ministry I have preached a sermon on the Sabbath. Don't tell me that God doesn't have a sense of humor that when Scott asked me to preach this Sunday, it happened to be the fourth commandment on keeping the Sabbath. I could almost hear God say, here's another chance to own it for yourself, Dana. You need this gift of Sabbath keeping. Here's another opportunity for you to grow and to actually follow your Sabbath beliefs. Now, I must admit, my family and my staff just rolled their eyes and chuckled when they heard that I was going to be preaching again on Sabbath. They know how tied I am 24-7 to my iPhone. You know, iPhones are called smartphones. I'm not so sure that the people who use them, though, are very wise or smart and how they depend upon them. Several of my colleagues have threatened to actually take my iPhone while I'm out of the office so that I can't be continually checking my emails to see what's going on. Now, this is how I envision my day while keeping the Sabbath holy. This is a picture from Lake Tahoe the Presbyterian Conference Center there has an annual retreat on Sabbath. I have been trying to get there for 15 years. <laughs> I managed to get there this August. So how appropriate that my preaching assignment a month later is on Sabbath keeping. Do I need Sabbath? This would be a self-portrait of my feelings on most Mondays because I'm not exactly a great Sabbath keeper. Taking a little while for you to get that. <laughs> Do you feel restless spiritually as well as emotionally? Do you feel stuck like you're longing to draw closer to Jesus to feel a fresh touch of God's grace? If so, then today is for you as well as for me. And today we look at the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath 
by keeping it holy. To remember the Sabbath means to remember, to call to mind that everything that we have received, everything is a blessing from God, as well as to set aside a time to focus, to hear what God might be saying to us. Remember. Remember to delight in your life. Remember the efforts of your day, the wonder of what has been done and seen. Remember and know the gift giver. I think we'll find it helpful if we look again at what the Bible tells us about Sabbath. You know, I was amazed of what had faded in my memory from the last time I read about God's good gift of Sabbath. And it is a gift. It's one of the commandments, I know, but it's not something that God is holding a stick over us and saying, do this. It's a gift because it's good for us. And that's what the commandments are all about. The scriptures tell us that this is what God did each day of creation. At each step, God acts, steps back, and reflects. What a model for working and living in balance. Listen to something that someone wrote saying about how they feel when they're out of balance. I am caught in a rat race. There's never enough time. I don't know how I'm going to get everything done. I am a failure. Does that sound like something you may have thought of at different times? God creates light, separating it from darkness, setting the pattern of day and night, steps back, and God saw that it was good. Then God made a place for heaven and earth, separating the sea from the dry land, Establishing the rhythm of the tides and steps back and says it was very good. God made the sun and moon, creating a rhythm of seasons and steps back. And God saw that it was good. And then we are told these very loving words, in like manner, God created all the living creatures and man and woman. And stepping back, God saw everything that he had made. And indeed, it was very good. The narrative continues. And on the seventh day, God finished the work he had done and he rested from all the work that he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. Isn't that beautiful? When you read it, don't you just get God's rhythm, the work of creation, stepping back and commenting on it, how good it is. You don't feel the anxiety, all the emotions, 
all the frenetic way that we tend to approach so much of our work. God rested. Now the obvious question for us becomes, why? Why do you suppose that God rested? Not because God gets tired and needs to rest. God is the creator of all that was and is and will be. No, I believe that God rested, stopped his work to set a pattern for us, a rhythm of work and rest, a time to step back, to reflect on God's good gift of life, to know it is very good, and to be thankful. God knew that we need to rest and to remember, so he gave us the gift of Sabbath. And Sabbath means to cease, to stop our work. But Sabbath is more than just a day off from work, because if it was, I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> For the Israelites, the Sabbath commandment was truly a life-changing gift. A command to stop work was in stark contrast to their lives under Pharaoh's rule. While living in slavery under Pharaoh, their lives were completely focused on how much work they produced seven days a week. And it wasn't work that they were able to do joyfully. They were compelled by even violence to complete that work. Living such an existence does not give time to reflect on the purpose of life or to enjoy leisure. They were too pressured. Their lives depended on reaching the next quota or assignment. Their lives had no value beyond their economic value to their slave masters. Does this sound at all familiar? It's a different day. We're a different culture, but don't we often sound enslaved to our work or the tasks that are our responsibilities at home, in the community, even in the church? Fearful that we will be viewed as lazy because we don't increase our output or get everything done perfectly? Especially in these difficult economic times, Working harder and longer hours seem to have become the way that we get to, improve, to approve, to get approval, and to be said we're worthwhile. Sabbath is as necessary today as it was thousands of years ago. With a command to observe the Sabbath, God renews his covenant promises I will be your God and you will be my people. You are precious in my sight and honored and I love you. The Sabbath is a time to enjoy God, to discover patterns of living that will endure throughout our lives and give us pleasure and connection with God through our relationship with God's Son, Jesus Christ. Sabbath is a time for rest, refreshment, renewal, and relationships. 
Time is set aside and made holy. Sabbath is a sacred time, a time that belongs to God. As I have studied, again, the command to Sabbath keeping, I realized at a deeper level the meaning of time. It's God's time and timing. The very first thing that God makes holy is time. Not a place, not a person, but time. Holy, set aside for God's purposes. We read the very familiar passage in Ecclesiastes. God has made everything perfect in its own time. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. The psalmist affirms what I think we all desire deep in our hearts to believe. My times, all of them, are in your hands, O God. Help us to believe that, to trust you with each moment of our lives. I'm beginning to understand that Sabbath keeping is all about trust. Trusting that God loves me and will provide everything that I need. I don't have to provide it. God will do that when we follow and do what God asks us to do. How would our lives look and feel if we lived even one day in seven, one day in seven, trusting God to bless our lives and to provide what we need? Can you get a picture of what that might be like? Totally trusting in our God. That commandment is no longer relevant, we professed boldly. Although I am reminded that my coffee mug says, remember the Ten Commandments, they are not multiple choice. <laughs> Let's be honest, somewhere deep in our spirits, don't we find it difficult to believe that God's provision and love will be enough? Isn't that what lies behind our strongly held beliefs? That there is no way, it's totally impossible, we cannot take a day off each and every week. I have a proposal to finish. It's due on Monday. Or I've got a test to study for. My kids have a football game or a soccer practice. They can't miss or they won't be able to play or... They won't have that extracurricular activity listed on their college application. Speaking of kids playing a team sport, my almost as tall as I am sixth grade grandson Daniel's football team is undefeated and heading for the playoffs. Many of you have seen Daniel grow up while I have been on the staff here at this church. I began two weeks after Daniel's birth. Did you know that I just recently celebrated my 11th anniversary as associate pastor on September 1st? Uh. <laughs> you really are the best. Thank you. One of my delights is spending Sabbath time, Sabbath time, with my family and friends, 
And you can be sure that some of that time is spent in the stands rooting for football player number 12. To be with my family is holy time. And my heart is filled with gratitude to God for their lives. But I digress. But not really. Are you beginning to broaden and deepen your understanding of what it means to keep Sabbath? It's a time for rest, for refreshment, renewal, and relationships. In response to previous sermons on Sabbath keeping, some of you have confided to me in hushed voices, you know, I get bored sitting in silence, just me, myself, and I. And honestly, I can't imagine praying and reading the Bible for hours on end. And I would really miss the Huskies or the Mariners or you fill in the blank. Where did we get the idea that God's gift of love has so many thou shalt nots for the Sabbath? Let me make a comment about the over 600 laws that the Israelites made for holy Sabbath keeping. They looked at everything, just about every single thing, as work. Yet I believe what it means to keep Sabbath is to stop the work that we would normally do and replace it with things that provide rest, maybe a nap, refreshment, time with your family, renewal, a time to get connected again with God, relationships with God, with yourself, and with others. God's desire was for his people to have balance in their lives, and so he gave them the Ten Commandments. They provide structure and guidelines, a roadmap, so to speak, to enable them to be restored to the way that God created them. The message for us, it's all about God's love. God loves us. Much of what we have heard about keeping Sabbath is tradition. And if traditions are followed long enough, it seems like they become the law of the land. We're human. We have lots of opinions on things. If you ask 10 Presbyterians an opinion, you will likely get 100 opinions. <laughs> Thankfully, God is gracious and merciful. So how do we keep Sabbath? Jesus said, Sabbath is made for humankind, not humankind for Sabbath. So what can it look like? I would say, I'm going out on a limb here, if it seems like work to you, you don't do it. Boy, does that give me a whole list of nice things I'm going to say I'm not going to do on Sabbath. An example might be gardening. I know people who love to garden. I like my yard to look like I love to garden. <laughs> I don't love to garden. That would be work for me. So then how do you faithfully follow God's good gift of Sabbath? Let me give you a few ways. Prayerfully commit to following God's commandment to keep the Sabbath. Plan a time to begin 
and end your Sabbath day. For me, I want to have it Saturday evening to Sunday evening, starting next week since I'm working all day today. I have discovered that I need to have my Sabbath on a day when I go to worship. I am a woman of the pulpit and the table. And to not have that gives my Sabbath very little meaning. Ask Jesus to be your guide as you decide what to say no to and what to say yes to. Remember, Sabbath is for stopping what you do that's work, then adding rest, refreshment, renewal, and relationships. Have prayer, devotions, meditation, but mostly take time throughout the day to say, thank you, God, for today, for whatever it is that you've done. If it's a nap, give God thanks for the refreshment that that provides. Throughout the day, acknowledge God. And then at the end of the day, stop, gather whoever is with you, and remember and be thankful. Friends, I'm on a Sabbath-keeping journey. I'm willing to admit that after all these years. But I want to be a Sabbath keeper, and I think that's where we begin. So I want to invite you, will you join me? Maybe we can encourage one another and check up on one another and help each other work out those difficult times. The Bible is full of opportunities for us to find rest. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Lord, we do pray for that kind of rest, the rest that allows us to deepen our understanding of the gift of life, for how our life is full of so many surprises and wonders and joy and delight, not only in you, but in what you have brought into our lives. So, Lord, help us to be Sabbath keepers, delighting in that gift. And may it begin today. Amen.